At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers... Open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the SEO manager for MediaWiz. How are you doing today, John? Doing great, Ross. How are you this afternoon? Excellent, thank you. Not quite afternoon here yet. Yeah, we've <laughs> hours, you know, but grim day. Not that nice, so oh well. It's nice to be inside, I guess. But yeah. uh, well, the last episode was pretty cool. We, this is fun. I really like this because we get to talk about everything we know and we don't quite know, and we just get to jabber about it. So, and you always get good stuff out of SMX Advanced as well, too. Just it's a, it's a fun conference. There's always interesting things that come out of it. Definitely. Yeah, and I guess the next one we will be going to is Search Engine Strategies San Jose, I hope. Yeah, um, I plan on being there for sure, definitely. Um, and that's another great one. That's yeah. uh, that's one of the best of the year as well. So Without a doubt. Um, Whenever you get to go to Google, it's fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, gee, you wonder why, huh? <laughs> yeah. I just hope they have the party this year. I, that's true. There are those nasty rumors that there's no Google dance this year, but they are just rumors, so we can still hope. Yes, still hope. Um, so this is part two of uh, taking the advanced out of SMX Advanced. Uh, the last show we discussed uh, page rank sculpting, uh, JavaScript, and how JavaScript can now be indexed unless it's externalized. Uh, and we touched on in the end there uh, the IAS toolkit, um, SEO toolkit that Microsoft had just released. So what we didn't get to in the last show was uh, tips for keyword research. Um, this was a great panel I went and I, I sat in on. I was uh, I really liked it. I mean, it started off pretty much perfect because I had Christine Churchill talking. She's she knows it all, man. It was great. It was good listening to her, and, and she's uh, always got a great presentation. She's um, very good, very yeah. good. Um, so in that uh, 
show, uh, essentially, she gave a whole bunch of tips on, on, on different tools and stuff. Um, but one thing I thought was really cool, and I'll get into the tools in a sec, but um, is that uh, she reminded everyone, and I, it's a key reminder. I have to remind clients constantly about this. Well, fair enough. There's no reason for them to know this, I guess. But <laughs> with Google Analytics, you can actually tweak your account, so it will actually collect um, the queries from your on-site search engine. Um, and if you think about that for a second, you know when people are on your site and they're using the search, generally because they can't find what they want to find or they're in a rush to find it. Um, now, in either case, it's pretty valuable intel. You get to find out exactly what they're searching for, what their interest is. And if they happen to exit right away, um, you can track that generally. Um, when, you know, Did they come in on this particular term and then they searched and then they left? Well, it's a good indication that either you need better content for that, that search or you need to add new content. Uh, there, there could be that they, they didn't find what they needed. And it could be a nice uh, indication that there's a um, perhaps a service you need to offer, and that could be quite lucrative. Yeah. Um, Google Analytics has made some great strides in the past couple of years in the event triggers in Google Analytics, which I think is what you talked about using. I, I believe that's how you do this, using event triggers. And that's yeah. it's not super new, but it's it's not very well known. And look into event triggers. You can track all kinds of great things on your sites in Google Analytics. How many times people play a video? How many times people hit the form submit button, which is what the the search button is? It's great stuff. It's great stuff. Actually, I think event triggers, as you know, it is new. That was what only a few months old, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's about four or five months old. Okay, I believe yeah. it's pretty new, I guess. But the the actual site search tracking i've had on for over two years on my site so um i think it is a different area um you can oh, so doing a different, okay yeah excellent uh, i think i think so anyway i know click tracks it was different so maybe i'm getting confused i'm hoping not <laughs> <laughs> um so some of these tools i'll i'll spew a few out there and, and, and if you have any thoughts you'd like to add john i just want to there's a lot to, to list here um i got some great tips um you know i always find myself finding new tools all the time but these people um, maybe it's their networks. So I don't know, but they tend to find some pretty cool stuff. So let's get to the right page here on my notes. And to start with, uh, of course, the, the, the main ones were um, – now, this is for doing keyword research. So you want to go out and find um, what people are searching for and how that uh, pertains to perhaps your, your keyword targets. Well, Google Trends, Google Insights, and the Google Hot Trends tool. Um, are those, those tools ones that you use yourself there, John? I do use uh, Trends and Insights quite a bit. Um, the Hot Trends tool, I don't have a lot of uh, clients that really would fit with that, but I can see how it would be wonderful you know, if you had people publishing you know, very, very uh, timely type of information. The Hot Trends tool is great. Yeah, that's that's one thing that uh, Christine says she, she did, She um, and I've started to use it too, and it's a great idea, is uh, you use the Google Hot Trends tool to find out what's the buzz. And another one you can do that with is Yahoo Buzz, which is another great one for that. And what's everyone talking about? Um, and when you do that, you can go, okay, well, I want to write an article on um, some marketing aspect. Let's say that's me. I think, okay, well, people are all talking about, dare I say, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> you know, Twitter and all that stuff. Well, I could do an article and I can mention that and maybe add a twist in it or something. Something that makes it more interesting and makes it, well, frankly uh, timely and, and, and buzzy and if you can get that out there you might get it's a, it's a good form of link bait and, <laughs> which is something right. we don't 
<laughs> nice. I'll tell you what I use more often. It's not so much the hot trends. It's Google Trends itself because it's it's really nice for, for me. I recently used this with a client where we were doing some market research, and we were trying to determine – actually, this client is opening a, a pretty large site in Asia targeting a number of different um, areas in Asia, Singapore, Hong Kong, Bangkok, that kind of thing. And for me, it was really nice to go in and say, okay, because with Google Trends, I can go in and select by region. I can go in and actually select Hong Kong and then look, you know, type in some, some traffic – terms that we think are going to be traffic drivers and see what the trends are or how it's actually working. Is it, is it, what's the languages people are reading that? Are they reading it in Chinese or are they reading it in English? Those kind of things are really beneficial for, for that kind of market research. So I loved, I recently, that's the most recent thing I've used trends for and it was very helpful. That's true. Yeah. And local-based marketing, it's a dream come true. Um, and yeah. it's amazing how searches can differ so much. Like the same phrase, two-word phrase can be misspelled, um, could be rotated, you know, one way that another way. <laughs> it's yeah. just bizarre, depending on what location you're looking at. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Another one is the Facebook lexicon. Um, uh, I've used it a little bit, uh, not a lot, but it, it, what I do like about it is uh, Facebook, of course, it, it allows you to, to find out what the buzz is on people's wall postings. They stick to wall. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't go anywhere else because that would be private issues, but privacy issues. But they do find out what people are talking about. And you know, for example, I did a, a search for sore throat yesterday, and I think I'm going to do a little article on this. But um, I did a, a search for sore throat, and then I did one on uh, what was it? Was it Google Trends? I guess it was Google Trends. And I looked at the difference, and it was quite vast. Uh, Google Trends didn't. It didn't look like there was much of a change in sore throat, like people were always talking about it. But the thing was, Letterman talked about having a sore throat one day, so there was a big thing about it, or I forget, but there's some crazy thing. And then um, in Facebook, you actually saw the spikes that I was more familiar with, unfortunately, because I always seem to be in Kohl's. <laughs> so <laughs> I could see it happening. And it looked to me like that social search was actually quite more, a little bit more effective. You're talking about social-related uh, illnesses. Right. Or, Thing like that. I don't know. It, it, it merits more research anyway. I thought it was intriguing. Yeah, and actually, the, if, if you have a Twitter account, they've recently added, they've, they've updated their Twitter pages to include search and stuff now, but another thing they added was trending topics on Twitter, which, which fluctuates pretty frequently based on what's going on, but it's really nice if you're thinking about writing an article, what's the most, what are people talking about right now today? And you go look at the trending topics on Twitter, and boom, you know, there's 10, 12 things that people are talking about on Twitter a lot right now. So it's obviously in people's mind. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we're going to get back. And actually, there's a lot of uh, Twitter tools here as well uh, that I'd like to to chat about. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects the average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. 
Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with John Carcutt, SEO Manager for MediaWiz, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Before the break, we were discussing uh, some of the uh, tools you can use for doing keyword research that I, I was benefit uh, from hearing on uh, one of the seminars I went to in SMX Advanced, and uh, that was really long way of saying that anyway um essentially uh we just talked about some of the, the hot trend tools like yahoo buzz and google trends and insights and all that sort of stuff well uh, what john just brought up was twitter keyword tools and uh and man are there ever a lot of them eh did you hear about the uh, new one what's the new one there's new ones every day which new one are we talking about <laughs> this is interesting I, I just saw this and i haven't read everything about it but it's the title is microsoft veteran launches twitter search engine um it's called crowd eye and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to give it a shot. But uh, it's real-time search. And uh, it says that it's going to be a little bit different. Apparently, it's, it, it merits some pretty good articles. So I'm, I'm intrigued to check it out. But that's the side of the point. I mean, that, that seems like an interesting thing. And, and, uh, What's the URL to that one, Ross? Uh, I would assume it's crowdi.com. But let me do as it sounds. But let me just double check here. Uh, it says here, created by former Microsoft search head Ken Moss, CrowdEye gives several views of a topic based on the conversations taking place on Twitter. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Um, that's really weird. They don't give you a link. But it's CrowdEye. It's got to be it, that. It's a secret search engine. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, I'm always happy when there's something new coming out because some of them are a little bit weak on the old detail. But uh, I see a snapshot of it, and it shows uh, uh, time spans using different keywords, popular links, tweets. Pretty phenomenal dashboard, actually. Uh, yeah. It's going to be quite a good, useful one. And top hashtags, top words. Wow. Awesome. 
Um, some of the ones that are already out there, though, um, were, were ones like TwitScoop, mm-hmm. uh, Tweet Volume. Uh, tweet Volume, I remember that one is interesting. I'm just going to go to it right now to refresh my memory. Have you used that one yourself? Um, I have not. It's a... I'm going to see it to refresh my mind. Right. Uh, tweet Volume is essentially you get to see how often particular words or phrases appear on Twitter. So you, it's a good idea, to, uh, a good indication of saying, let's say you've got different ways of saying your brand name. You could put them in there um, and see whether or not particular ones are being adopted better. Um, mm-hmm. You can see your competitors' terms. You could compare competitor names. Uh, it's pretty much endless. It's only graphical. Uh, I actually just did a review on this for the Search Marketing Standard yesterday, and it doesn't have uh, the ability to click on the link and see all the people discussing that phrase. So you can't tell context, which is a bit of an issue. I mean, someone right. could say a particular word you're tracking, but may not have any context to what you're searching for. Right. So I just I just used it. I just did a search on SEO, SMO, PPC, and SMM. And it, it's pretty interesting. Um, people are talking about SEO a lot more than the other two, but it's it just gives you basic numbers and, and a color graph. So it, it's pretty nice. Hey, incidentally, I've got some uh, very kind news. I, I, I did a, a post, I think, yesterday saying that I was about to start the show with you, and, and unfortunately we had issues, but um, and it didn't happen. But um, I had a person post saying, uh, his name's Richard. He says, I subscribe. This is on Facebook. I posted this. I subscribe on iTunes and listen to you every show. John is a great addition to the show. You two work quite well together. Thanks for the great info, and even of us, even some of us veterans learn something new. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. That's Definitely. nice. I wanted to mention that. That was a very kind comment. So, And uh, I understand it's being well-received, so thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope you are getting lots out of it. And there's social media in action right there, Facebook to the, to the comments. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the end of the show, uh, we're actually uh, on our site. Actually, uh, if you go to webmasterradio.fm and click on SEO1On, you'll find a link to our Facebook page. So we'd love to get more people talking to us and asking questions for that matter. We'd love to get in there and answer some questions for you on the show. Definitely. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, now that I moved the page here, I did. Um, so what other kind of cool stuff did you did you find at SMX, Russ? There had to be interesting one-off things happening all over the place. Yeah, at least there ever. Yeah, because we've got uh, – let me see here. I've got to go back to that page now. Uh, <laughs> too many things going on here. XML sitemaps. You know, it's, it was more of a, a discussion that was, that was brought up because people were concerned. You know, some people say – don't have an XML sitemap, it's just going to hurt you. Do have it because it's the only way to get a ranking. You know, this, well, as usual, there's polarized opinions. Um, uh, but essentially, the gist was no, they're not going to hurt you. Um, yeah. But there are some. Have you got some opinion on that? I hear. <laughs> well, the, the, the biggest issue that, that I come across with XML sitemaps is that. People think they're going to change the way they rank if if they use SML sitemaps. People say, "Oh, I'm going to rank much better now because I included an XML sitemap on my site." That's not necessarily the case. Um, the XML sitemap pretty much just replaces the crawler, kind of like what we talked about um, on the last show with the IS IS SEO toolkit, where you, this information is sent directly out to the engines. That's what the sitemaps do. They send the information to the engines. Uh, but once that information gets there about your pages, it still has to go through the standard, normal, algorithmic process. So you're not going to have an advantage of for ranking by using sitemaps. What you what you can probably do is get pages that might not be crawled easily, 
to be um, in- included in the algorithm. So they'll, they'll be apl- the algorithm will be applied to those pages where they might not have been found in the past. But if they're not being found, that means there's not crawlable links going to them. So when it gets into that algorithm stage, it's going to look for crawlable links. And if you don't have any links to your page, it's going to have a hard time ranking anyway. So sitemaps are great for that kind of thing. And I think um, one of the things I heard coming out of SMX was that sitemaps are really good and useful when you're transitioning a site. So you're doing a, a, um, a redesign and or you're going from one domain to another domain, that's where sitemaps really can help improve that process. Once you've put in your transition strategy, you have all your redirects in place, feed that sitemap out, and it's going to help speed that process up. Um, no question. And I use that religiously. I've been using that for a couple of years now on, on, on basic, our, our client sites. Whenever they do transitions, and it, it does speed up the process. It's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, and the, the other thing is too. A lot of people were mentioning that Google Webmaster Tools is, uh, uh, you know, they see errors in their sitemaps and they're freaking out that that might have some I- impact on their rankings. Well, it's not really that direct. Um, when when you have an issue with uh, uh, any issues in your sitemap, it's just telling you that you need to look at a couple things. The sitemap's only there to help you. Uh, Google doesn't care if you don't have a sitemap. Um, it's just a, a good way for you to tell Google, here, check out these pages. I want to make sure you... Some, you can actually prioritize your pages. It's only a suggestion, though. So when you prioritize, you tell Google, these ones are more important than others. It's only a, a suggestion, as Stephen Spencer said. Uh, Stephen Spencer said it's it's just a, it's not a directive. It's a suggestion. Right. Um, yeah, and I think that's a, a vital component. Well, that's pretty much anything to do with Google. <laughs> it's yeah. never direct. <laughs> yes, they always they, they suggest lots of things. <laughs> One other thing about sitemaps, though, um, the, the, an interesting twist in the sitemaps. A few months ago, maybe just maybe only just a couple months ago, there's a new version of sitemaps for Google. Um, if your site is accepted for Google News, and you're you're putting out a lot of content for news. You can create a separate sitemap, and I believe it's called um, news-sitemaps.xml, that is just being picked up by the news search engine. So if you're publishing a lot of content quickly on a regular basis, um, that's actually a way to get that. Again, the same algorithms apply, but you're going to be able to feed your your stories and your articles into the news search engine a lot quicker and easier with that sitemap. And anybody familiar with the Google News process knows that you have to have like that three-digit character or three or four-digit character in your URLs. If you're using the news sitemaps, you don't have to use that three-digit character in your URLs anymore. So the sitemaps are evolving a little bit too and being the, the usages are being expanded as well. That's awesome. I actually didn't, I didn't know about that. So I'll have to look into that myself. Um, Anyways, uh, before we, we get into the next part here, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to touch on the uh, how to transition your website with lots of archives. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. 
SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Hey, affiliates. Do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the U.K., France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com, the science of performance. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. On WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm with John Carcutt, SEO Manager for MediaWiz, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Before the break, we were discussing, uh, let me think, what were we discussing? We were talking about XML sitemaps. <laughs> XML sitemaps. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. Uh, so what we're getting into now is transitioning a website. Um, it was one thing that was brought up, and I, and I get the question a lot, so I think it is a one worth meriting uh, some conversation. Um, how do you transition a website with lots of archives into another site? Say you've got a whole new domain, um, a whole actually a whole new brand, and you need to take a ton of archives and move them over. Um, it may be difficult to do a 301, um, in other words, the redirect we've discussed before, um, to make sure that, that Google does move all the page rank, all that stuff over. So how do you handle it? Um, when uh, we've done it in the past, uh, we've been fortunate where we can just do a, a, global reader, a, a global redirect. And essentially, we can tell Google, okay, really, yes, this has changed, but all of the URLs stay the same. They just have a new beginning. And no problem. It was easy. We didn't have to worry about doing select selective redirects, so just, just one page yeah. at a time. I had one recently. It was the exact opposite of that. They switched the they switched the uh, from a Apache or switched from a Microsoft server to an Apache server, and the oh. extensions changed from dot um, ASPX to dot PHP. And the only thing they changed in the entire site was the extension of the URL. So we had to do the whole transition just because of that. Same thing. Could you do a global redirect on that? Um, we we did it in uh, the the um, HT access file. Yeah, so it was like. Pretty much just one. Look, look for this extension. If it's this extension, change it to the other one with a no, three hundred one. See, that's right? good. That's not bad. But yeah. I, let's look at the worst case scenario. If you're actually changing everything, everything's changed. Um, it's going to be pro- well time prohibitive and probably cost prohibitive. If you have to hire someone to do it to switch, say, a hundred thousand URLs to uh, uh, you know doing each one three hundred one to the new URL. So what was brought up was just. Pick out the ones that are the uh, the ones that are still driving traffic to your site. Make sure they're three hundred one. All the other ones, well, forget about them. There's a little bit of triage there, so be it. Um, 
uh, anyways, the point is you can do it. It's not a big deal. Um, just make sure that uh, you don't lose vital traffic that's going to some of your archives. It's very easy to make sure that can be redirected to the new site. Yeah, and that's where Google Analytics or some kind of analytics package will really come in handy. Uh, I wouldn't make that decision just based on, well, we'll just take the category pages. Go and look and see which pages are driving traffic and make sure those traffic drivers are are the ones that you're, you're getting redirected because you don't want to lose that. Um, it's 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 not always as simple as well. We'll just do the categories and we'll do this section and these top level pages. There might be a deeper page that's really a big traffic driver for you. So I definitely use those analytics to determine which ones to do and which ones not to do. One thing that I uh, st- uh, was noted too that I really thought was uh, important to mention because I'm a big WordPress fan. Uh, it's very cool if if you're using WordPress and you have to change the entire URL structure. Uh, your permanent link structure, whatever you'd like to call it, um, it actually has the redirects built in. It'll all, it'll handle the whole thing. You can change your post log, you can change anything, and it will automatically change and and it'll it'll do three hundred one redirects for you seamlessly. Yeah. That's Word, pretty cool. WordPress is amazing. I'm a big fan too. Yeah, definitely. I, we just built our new website in it, and and I'm telling every client. Let's do WordPress unless they absolutely need something more complex. But I'm, I'm actually in the middle of creating an article where I'm going through the, the big list of um, Andy Beal's big list. I think it's Andy Beal has the big list of SEO marketing blogs, the, the big SEO list. I can't remember who does that. Is it Andy Beal? Any, anyways, uh, no, Lee Oden, I think. Lee Oden, that's right. It's Lee Oden's list. Yeah. So I'm going, to go th- I'm going through that entire list of all his SEO blogs, and I'm determining how many are actually WordPress, and I bet it's a huge percentage. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, let's move on to the next one here. Subdomain or subdirectory. So you need to do some marketing. <laughs> do you use a subdomain or do you use a subdirectory? Always. And I know top. you've got some words on this, so let me let, uh, spill. <laughs> well, there's 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 two philosophies on this. Um, people say, and let me back that up a little bit. It's this has actually changed within the last year because it used to be a subdomain was treated as a completely 100 percent separate site. So every, if you had five subdomains on your your top level domain, there'd be almost there'd be like five different sites. Within the last year or so, the, Google announced that they're they changing the way that's happening. So it's not a completely separate site anymore. Though it's treated differently, it's still tied into your top-level domain more than it used to be. So um, they did that mainly because a lot of, um, shall we say, darker-hatted SEOs were building sites with hundreds and hundreds of subdomains and trying to, 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 to utilize that for, for non, non-ethical methods of promoting sites. Um, so they had to combat it somehow, and that's one of the thing, one of the steps they took. You know what, though, and I think this was brought up too. You know, if you've got a hundred subdomains, okay, <laughs> yeah. spamming. I mean, come there's on. something going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's not necessarily true because there are places that legitimately have, in the past, built sites. Um, City Search, for example, a huge network of sites. For a long time, they had subdomains based on the state and city. They, they probably had that. Thousands of subdomains, but they had a legitimate reason for doing it. So there's sites like that, and in some cases, where you can make a case for, okay, yeah, I understand why you have a hundred thousand, two thousand subdomains. Most of the time, you're right, Ross. Most of the time, if that's the case, there's something fishy going on. It's going to flag something to Google, and they're going to go have a person look at it. Yeah. So 
It's everything in moderation. Um, I've used subdomains yeah. for many years for our personal or for our business site because we had such different things. Like, uh, but I have actually gone the subdirectory route. Um, I've merged everything because I wanted all the uh, the relevance, everything to be on one site. I wanted to be the site for web marketing um, services and stuff. So I had. My news directory was sub was a subdomain news.stepforth.com. Well, I've merged that in now, or at least we're in the process of merging that. It's a lot of archives. We're actually in that archive transition issue. <laughs> it's not <laughs> yep. quite so simple as, but we're working on it. Um, so, you know, I do see that there's a value in subdomains, but only on sites that are really big that have a majorly different focus all of a sudden, and they need to have something, or it's right. big enough that it it just would be too big in one site. Uh, I know there are ways you could do it with subdirectory, but I think there are the benefits definitely outweigh right. for the subdirectory. I mean, my rule of thumb that I tell clients is, look, if you're thinking about going the route of a subdomain, you have to think of it, whatever you put on your subdomain, as a completely separate site. And you think of it from that. Does it have enough content to rate its own site? Does it have yeah. a marketing effort behind it? Because you're going to have to market it separately. The links that you build to your subdomain are separate from the links you build to your main domain. So, you know, you think about that. Do you want to have two separate link building efforts? Do you want to have two separate content building efforts? Um, you know, if it's big enough and important enough that rate its own, almost like its own team of people or its own, you know, set of, of, uh, tasks and marketing and its own site, then do a subdomain if that's the way you want to go. Um, but again, if you're putting all that effort into a subdomain, if you had it on a subdirectory, like Ross just said, now all that effort's not only working for your subdirectory, but if you have a, your navigation, your linking structure built properly, it's also going to help with your rest of your site as well, because now you're building deep links if you're, if you're doing a separate linking campaign. And those deep links are going to help the rest of the site. If it was on a subdomain, they might not necessarily be as effective for the rest of your site. And, and it's true that things have changed a little, because before I used to get a ton a ton of link juice coming from my uh, news.stepforth to stepforth.com because mm-hmm. news.stepforth was where we had thousands, literally thousands of articles all with you know our name in it and uh, people would re-syndicate that stuff. So we already had a built-in marketing strategy for that subdomain. Um, and you know we still get a lot of link juice from that no matter what Google's changed. It does still work. Oh, yeah. It's just less less so. And, and now we're trying to merge it so that we can get everything in one site. And, and, uh, right. It wasn't I, I had to think pretty hard about making that change. And a lot of people will, will do subdomains because they want to get they want to get um, multiple listings on the same SERP result. And they think, well, if I do two different subdomains and there are three different subdomains, I can get like three different listings, three or four listings on that search result. When they made that change last year sometime, you're, again, you're never really going to get more than two listings in any search result for the same top-level domain. It's it's very, very difficult, um, and you rarely see it happen anymore. Um, so you can get them either using a subdomain or using your main domain, but you can also get them the same way. If, if you got two pages on your site that are ranking on the first page for a search term, they're going to put them together in that little indented thing, whether it's a subdomain or not. Right. Well, I have just to introduce everyone to, to my, my son, Xander. You probably heard in the background there. <laughs> He's hey, having Xander. a rough morning. <laughs> well, thanks very much, John. I think it was an awesome chat. I, I think there's still stuff we could talk about at SMX Advanced, but, uh, you know, I will talk about uh, yeah. part three. We'll, we'll have to figure that out. Excellent. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, always a lot of good stuff coming out of that show. Yeah.
Yeah, there is. And, you know, a lot of it's spin-off chatter we could have. There's a lot of different stuff we could talk about. So definitely we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. On behalf of myself, uh, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcut, SEO Manager for MediaWiz, thanks for joining us today on SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks, everybody. Show next week. Thank you.